0: You're, like, so f***ing gay. Hello, and welcome back to
1: Queering the Air with us. Hello, all you sexual deviants.
0: And sexual deviant wannabes.
1: My name is Aaron. Wow, you sound really excited about that intro. I'm just tired. <laughs> okay, fine. Anyway, my name is Aaron. My name is Matt. And this is episode... Technically, yeah. Crazy. I know.
0: This is the first thing that we've recorded since we launched the podcast.
1: And honestly, I'm kind of overwhelmed.
0: Tell me more. (laughs) Tell me more. Um, Tell me more.
1: (laughs) I think with the amount of positive feedback that I've been getting or that we've been getting, it's pretty much just from friends because, you know, well, like by not really being, you know, anybody's, the amount of friends that have tuned in and listened to the podcast and that have reached out to tell us that they love it and that they,
0: Honestly, even, like, the amount of people that we know who have followed, like, the Instagram, I was, like, kind of shocked looking through who followed it. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I just want to hug everybody. Like, I it was making too, yeah. me so soft. Like, I was like, oh. I was like, I was literally, for two days, I have just been that fucking emoji with the big eyes. And like, the big black eyes with, like, the little dots that are like, oh. I don't even know how to describe it. The one that's like, it looks like you're about to cry.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. The bottom emoji.
0: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't want to use that as the identifier, but <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess the people who are listening to this will probably be able to identify it by that, unfortunately.
1: Uh-huh. And if you don't, just keep listening, and you'll figure it out eventually.
0: Yeah, it's like, if, if it were to be making a noise, it would be like, mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you all for all of the support so far. It really, really means a lot to us.
1: Yeah, and I feel like it, it's hard to say anything other than, like, thank you for listening, but I wish I could say... M- I wish I could express myself a little bit better just because to put yourself out there like this and to Mm -hmm. launch something that, you know, you really have to, like, commit yourself to and you're opening yourself up to so much criticism and to be looked at under a spotlight, even when people, like, can't see our faces or anything like that. It's still really scary. And
0: I do want to acknowledge also that it's, like, this is a big step for Matt because, like, I'm used to kind of putting myself online and I'm used to putting myself out there and, like, constantly opening myself up to that. But this has been big for him. Like, this is new for you. And I don't know if everyone who's listening, like, knows that, especially, like, if if it's just, like, you know me through... If you know us individually, maybe you don't know us through college or whatever. Matt isn't necessarily, like... I don't know. So I'm proud of you for doing this.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think I don't think I give myself enough credit for that. It is like okay. it's hard.
0: It's hard, and it's taken me years to be able to be comfortable to like just, you know, just constantly put yourself on out in the spot. I don't know because you are just opening yourself up to people.
1: No, to for do. sure. It's something I've like always admired about you. To be honest, oh you know, and yeah. I don't, I, and I don't think until we did this, I really. Understood just how
0: mentally draining imp- it is,
1: <laughs> like, yeah, and and how like impressive it is that you've been doing it and that such a professional level for so long. Thanks. So it just made me appreciate your YouTube history that much more.
0: I will also say it's, it also has been kind of hard for me because I don't think I've ever opened up in the past what I've been putting out online hasn't been so tied to like my identity and opening up. I don't know, like, I've never talked about sexuality or anything online, really, because I just never wanted to open that door up. Doing this, too, has been interesting. But I think that it has made the support, like, feel that much better. I I feel like what this podcast is, like, aiming to do is actually something that's actually very important. And it's not just, you know, the YouTube videos that I used to make that were like, oh my God, what, like, girls hate about guys. It's like, we're actually, I think that this could actually start some very important conversations so i'm excited about it
1: thank you to everybody who's listened so far we love you we hope you keep enjoying the episodes
0: also thank you for your patience we know that the audio quality has not been the best so far um again like from from a creative point of view you don't necessarily always start with like the highest end equipment and we wanted to make sure that this was something that we were actually you know gonna invest time and energy and money into before we like bought Equipment, but we're buying microphones now, so it'll be better. But thank you for your patience and uh, just understanding that sometimes our audio quality is like not the best. We're learning.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if you can get through these first couple episodes, it's only gonna get better from there. So just hang on.
0: Yeah, just hang on. We're also, I think, just gonna kind of fall into a rhythm more. You know, get our get our bearings figured out and get the yeah for sure get into a stride for sure.
1: Plus, I'll feel less awkward about being like um. Can no one talk to me or make any noise for an hour? I'm like, I don't know, recording a podcast, and then my sister is like, you're so fucking weird, what are you doing? Yeah, and now you're gonna be like, look, there's something to actually see for it. (laughs) Quick little merch corner, just for anyone who's interested. (laughs) No, I'm totally kidding. Oh, I
0: was like, where's he going with that? We haven't talked about merch yet.
1: We are a long ways away from doing merch. Yeah, I was like, okay. I think uh, the initial- (laughs) We're
0: we're gonna write on t-shirts and sell them on Depop. Like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) that's our merch store right now. It's like crayon. (laughs)
1: <laughs> I'm dropping out of law school to start our merch Etsy account. Okay. <gasps> oh my gosh. Oh, I scared it. Shoot, I forgot the window is open. But there's a groundhog that's been running around. I don't know if you saw my story or my Snapchat's yesterday. Oh, I did. There's a there's a really cute groundhog that's just been like roaming around in our, my backyard, and he they just like popped up out of nowhere. But I scared it away. <laughs> Good. Shit. But there's also, oh my god, so we have a blueberry bush. And this fucking chipmunk is eating all the blueberries.
0: Not the blueberries.
1: I'm so mad at him.
0: Not the gumdrop buttons.
1: <laughs> I'll literally be, like, on a call with a client and, like, just, like, freak out and forget what I was saying. Because this chipmunk's eating the blueberries. And it gets me so mad. So I have to, like, make sure I sit somewhere where I because let's be honest i can't protect a blueberry bush at all times so i it's, it's just kind of a loss <clears throat> so i like often have to position myself so i can't see the blueberry bush because it like it gives me such a a visceral angry reaction this is
0: like it. this is the definition of like going insane in quarantine like you are so angry about a chipmunk eating blueberries I, and I mean, we all have these things, but it's like I saw all the memes about yelling at the refrigerator. You're yelling at a chipmunk, Matthew.
1: This chipmunk is taking the blueberries. Now, d- in the blueberries this economy,
0: <laughs> I'm really worried about you right now. What is going
1: on? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen anybody in a little while.
0: I also do want to take a quick moment to acknowledge something that I said in the first episode. I didn't articulate very well and it came across wrong and I just want to own up to that. I made a comment in the first episode that I felt like the term y'all was being adopted a lot by gay people and I think I said it feels more like a gay thing than a southern thing and all I really meant by that was I feel as if y'all has been adopted more frequently in the queer community now because it's non-gendered so as opposed to saying hey guys or hey you guys things like that I feel like a lot of people myself included has have just kind of adopted hey y'all a dear friend of mine texted me and was like hey just so you know like it kind of felt to me like you're erasing the rich queer history of the south and that was by no means my intention and I am sorry if I made anyone else feel like that. Yeah, I just wanted to take a second to acknowledge that. <laughs> like we said in the first episode, thank you guys always for keeping us accountable. Uh we don't know everything and we are learning through all of this.
1: No one has roasted me in the DMs, my personal DMs or the podcast DMs yet and I was promised some of that actually. Shut I, up, it'll happen. <laughs> it will happen. So, I'm pretty excited about who we've got today. Um our friend Meg is gonna be joining us. She she's brilliant. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's kind of the best way I could describe her. I mean we've we met her in college and knew her before she came out. And I'm just I'm very inspired by her. Mm-hmm. Kinda always and the way that she speaks and talks about things, it just yeah. really grabs me. She's very does. insightful. She
0: yeah. She's she is. Very insightful and very articulate like oh my god
2: that's we can just pack up to the introduction okay we're
0: uh (laughs) 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 all about me and
2: and who are you
0: so we are joined
1: today with one of our very good friends
2: my name is meg i use she her pronouns and i identify as a queer femme
1: hot (laughs) love that what does that mean because i actually don't If someone told me they identified as queer femme as you just did, I wouldn't really know exactly what that's supposed to mean. Yeah, I would just nod and be like, Cool (laughs) Yeah. It's like, all right, sweet, yeah.
2: (laughs) I feel like femme is more of a term that queer women use just to differentiate between somebody who's more masculine presenting and feminine presenting because those are such different experiences. Um, and so it kind of, like, holds space for gender expression as well as your sexuality. Um, but, you know, you can be any, any gender and identify as femme, having, like, a feminine expression.
0: Do people also identify as, like, a queer, would, like, would someone introduce themselves as, like, a queer mask?
2: I've never heard that specifically, but, (laughs) like, those two terms specifically together, but potentially. It's whatever
0: resonates with someone, I guess. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Because I feel like, because I I think the two terms together for me are important because you can be femme and not queer, you know? Yeah. A lot of, I would say, if somebody is mask, I guess you could be mask and not queer as well. This is a great segue into our topic today, which is... (laughs) Oh, are you leading the podcast now?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she's hijacked. We've been uh, been mutinied. I think that's super interesting, actually, the idea of like, identifying yourself with your sexual orientation and your gender right up front.
2: Yeah, I feel like it's more of specifically in circles. I'm using the term queer women, but it would really be, like, a lesbian circle. So saying, you know, a femme lesbian is also a different, like, signifier. Um, Just, like, butch lesbian. So, like, Mm -hmm. queer slash, slash butch would also be a signifier that a lot of people use just to like further identify how you walk through the world. I think some I mean, I'm just I don't what about what kind of signifiers do gay men use? I mean, you guys have a lot too.
1: <laughs> Twink. I, yeah, I think they've been described as like tribes in the past, but it really I guess it in like a similar way. Well, actually I don't know if it's that similar, but it really kind of boils down to like your body type.
2: Mm, yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. It's
1: not so much how you walk through the world, but is like how, how you physically are yeah? How you physically are, and it's, I th- it's often used as like your like what your sexual attraction is. Like guys would be like, I'm into twinks, or like I'm into bears, or, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I guess those are kind of like the two biggest ones. I mean, there's kind of yeah. like subsets of them. But
2: I think that's a very direct correlation to like, the butch femme dynamic. Femme
1: butch, yeah. Would you say that it's maybe more sexualized and less focused on like? just like general gender presentation because those yeah. terms don't really have anything to do like you can be super masked like if like Hugh Jackman for example were gay like he would be a bear but then you can also have like th- like the way that he presents he would still be a bear versus like if you were walking around with like painted with like very traditionally like feminine characteristics mm-hmm. he would still be a bear
2: oh that's super interesting yeah. no I think for women it's more like Gender of a gender presentation thing.
1: Yeah, I think these like totally just have like nothing to do with gender and everything to do with like how much hair is on your body, how much muscle you have, Mm -hmm. how big you are, how small you are.
2: That's so interesting. I haven't thought about it. Like, if it were true that way in circles of queer women, I think, I mean, I guess it partly is because I would use those signifiers to talk about how or who I'm attracted to but I don't necessarily know that it's just about physical characteristics I think it's more about like yeah that internal like gender expression and like how you feel like you fit in that's cool
0: interesting it's also interesting that if in like a in a female sense I feel like femme is a can be a positive thing and I feel like in the gay male space femme has such a a loaded connotation that's either fetishized or looked down upon
2: Mm -hmm. like
0: when I guess just because of the whole like masculine feminine dynamic with men I don't know
2: right carries
0: a different weight
2: yeah I think a lot of the times femme women are erased from queer culture though just Mm -hmm. because you know it's (laughs) there's like this tiktok trend where a lot of femme women are like nobody knows I'm a lesbian nobody knows <laughs> and that's that's kind of it but I guess I mean in a certain way you don't really walk around with a target on your back sometimes but also it kind of erases you from some spaces and then there's some people who will try and gatekeep in queer spaces and say oh you're you're too femme you can't be
0: queer mm-hmm. you're too pretty to be a lesbian
2: well, that's a gay—that's a gay man thing to say. To be honest with you, I've never heard really? that from queer from queer women. No, really? people would be like anybody can be a pretty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Come um, on in.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I think a lot of gay men do kind of have and this interesting stereotype of. But it's funny because I feel like straight men see lesbians as like sex sex objects or like sexualized in general. Obviously, I'm making a huge generalization here. But yeah. then I think a lot of gay or queer men see lesbians or queer women as like boring, ugly dykes. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? That's
0: exactly what I think uh, about you, Meg.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, boring, you know ugly, sometimes dyke. I am boring and ugly, and that's okay.
0: I think you're not. I would, I would, I would, I would strongly disagree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, sometimes mm. we all feel boring that's true um that's okay next true. topic
0: <laughs> okay let's jump back really quickly and talk about how we know each other and give a little background
2: oh. on our
1: on okay why, i
2: can say why, should i say how i you? met you guys yeah sure I, I remember the first day i met matt because matt was in my italian class in undergraduate for four years i think
1: well you only went to tufts for three years so. oh no you did go for four years sorry. no
2: i did i did go for four you're right but With we me. only
1: overlap for three years
2: yeah, we only over- overlapped for three years. Um, Matt was the star Italian student in our that class. That is such harder, a lie. That is <laughs> such <laughs> a lie.
1: Even, even though, though I worked,
2: I worked harder. <laughs> even though I worked harder than him, everybody gave him all the awards because he's so pretty. That and is such a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lie. A lie. <laughs> Didn't you get like the Italian award or something like I that? I did because
1: I worked really hard. This is her
0: perception, <laughs> Matthew. You can't tell her it's
1: wrong. Okay, well I no, objectively Matt worked really, really hard.
2: Matt is good at Italian and has a really good accent and went to Italy. And so I think I think your last,
1: study the last oh year
2: God. that we overlapped, you slacked off.
1: Which was <laughs> so if I remember, that my year? senior year? Yeah. yeah.
2: Which is fair. It's totally a fair thing to do. I just remember you coming and being like, how am I still getting such good grades in this class?
1: You did say shit like that a lot. I did. Well, okay. Yes, I definitely have a trend of, like, underplaying how hard I work in school because, first, I have, like, some leftover thing from middle school where it's like, oh, haha, it's cool to not try hard when I'm, like, objectively trying really hard.
2: Um,
0: That was kind of a culture at Tufts, though, too. I feel like a lot of people did that. Yeah. Where they tried to downplay that everything... Yeah. you tried to downplay that you worked hard at school you tried to like people tried to hide no well. but
2: everybody people... tried to play up how stressed they were
1: yes yes. So it was like, a contest about who was more stressed I'm not actually doing that well
2: in all of these classes I'm just really stressed
1: <laughs> yeah Yeah. it was the same way in my middle school and the same way in my high school so it was just like I never really got over it I guess until I got to law school when everyone was like what do you mean you're not trying hard I was like well I am okay then, I lied. Okay, so say that <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that Our professor, we were in. la
2: prof, also loved you. Like she was obsessed with you.
1: No, she that. No, I
2: don't she know. loved you.
1: I don't know what makes you think that. But every time I went to her office and we were one on one, she would read me like it was her last day on earth and that was the True. only thing she had left. But that's to do. such a
2: classic Italian professor. Like that's their way is to kind of like be harsh on you because they care. I think she felt
1: bad for me because all of the like literature classes or history classes I was in with her that were all taught in Italian. I was like hands down the worst one. There would be like four of, <laughs> there'd be like four of us in a room in the class and it'd be like me who started taking a modern language freshman year of college i like would only ever taken latin before that and then i'd have like a girl who lived in italy growing up i who not been taking italian since he was like in fifth grade and then a girl who spoke french and spanish fluently okay and so me. kudos
2: to you then for being able to keep up
1: oh i didn't that was the thing oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's why she i think she objectively just felt bad because she was like I, I don't know what to do with him it's
2: yeah anyway um I met Aaron through my former sorority sister, which shouldn't say anything about me, mainly because I quit my sorority. I
0: forgot you were in, in Kayo.
2: Um, I wasn't. Everyone forget. Everyone should forget. <laughs> so I, I ended up not being a fan, but Aaron was <laughs> friends with one of my former sorority sisters.
0: So. We got pizza in Denmark.
2: Yeah, we did get pizza in Denmark. That was good pizza.
0: And then we sat next to each other at graduation
2: my god we did at
0: the fms graduation
2: yeah me you and taylor
0: what a squad kind of
2: wasn't it so cool when we could actually graduate in person that was fun
1: wow (laughs) we could like live our lives
2: (laughs) yeah that was cool
1: just keep rubbing it in 2020's face i don't (laughs) (laughs) you
2: i know
0: i feel so fucking bad for everybody who's in college right now i mean i
2: technically i am okay we're in
0: grad school it's not the same (laughs) okay well that's a good segue megway (laughs) Megway, help me (laughs) it's been a long week meg what are you doing with your life now
2: i am actually currently a grad student at usc in southern california for film production which you might wonder how do you do film production during coronavirus and my answer is i don't know um (laughs) And, yeah, we're currently having a big fight—or not fight, but we're pushing—the students are having a big pushback against the faculty and administration because they're trying to continue as usual so that they can push people through the pipeline of the program, Mm -hmm. even though we're not getting an experience that's worth our credit hours and money. So it's been a challenge.
1: (sighs) Wow, I feel that on so many levels yeah because it's like has has not even announced how they're gonna do this semester like there's a good chance that it could end up totally online because Georgia's doing so poorly right now and they've already come out and said that they're not reducing tuition
2: yeah us too they've said that too it's just upsetting especially for those classes that are going to suffer most from being in person because like my writing... We, have, we take writing courses in my program, and those classes, as much as it would be nice to be in person, like, they're mm. not really suffering that much from being online, you, you know? We're still kind online. of getting everything we need to get out of them, yeah. but a production course, that's confusing, because I'm, I'm yeah. trying to be a cinematographer, and it's really difficult to feel like I'm getting the knowledge and skills and experience and real that I need yeah. to go out into the world after I graduate so well it remains to be seen what <laughs> exactly it's gonna look like next semester and after that but hopefully you know those of us that have enough of an interest can kind of like push on
1: yeah fingers crossed for you guys
2: yeah what year are you Matt
1: um I just finished my first year okay that's so I'm a
2: 2L I don't really even know what that means
1: Almost. it, it means he's a 2 loser. Yeah,
2: <laughs> double loser. <laughs>
1: double loser. Yeah, they just say one L, two L, three L. Just one law, two law. Gotcha. That it's super boring. Um, when you said <laughs> before that you're like, yeah, everybody feels boring sometimes. I'm like, most of the time these days, actually.
0: Because he loves reading the
1: Constitution over and over and over again. Oh my god. Do you I
2: really have problem. to do that?
1: No. no. <laughs> I. I we don't even, like, read the Constitution, we just read... That was read. the
2: dumbest question
1: I've ever <laughs> asked. On- no, it honestly wasn't, because before I took constitutional law, I was like, oh, great, we're just gonna, like, study the language of the Constitution and read, like, the cases that have to do with it. I was like, no, we, like, we're told, like, yeah, you should read the Constitution before we start the class, and then it was just, like... We just read cases that are relevant to it. I don't know anything Interesting. about the Constitution. Yeah. Nobody knows anything about the Constitution. I
0: genuinely don't know what about the
2: Constitution. The people who run our government don't know shit about Literally. the Constitution.
0: Literally. The Supreme Court is like, oh, yeah, this is so fucking old.
1: So Meg, I have a, a question for you before we get onto our main topic for the day. There's somebody else that you're particularly <laughs> close with from maybe like a long time who also happens to be queer, right?
2: Are you talking about my twin sister? Your twin sister.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. My twin sister is also a queer lady, queer femme. She's cool. She is currently in Colorado, and she's a sound designer, and she is also attracted to women.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Has she always been attracted to women, or when did she turn queer?
2: (laughs) Um, I actually turned her gay um, by being gay.
0: No way. she was straight,
2: and then I said, I'm gay. And she was like, oh, shit, me too. Actually, that's sort of what happened, but opposite. Because she (laughs) came out first, and then I came out because I was like, I guess.
1: Well, if we're going to be twins.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I was surprised when she came out because I was so, like, focused at the time on, like, my own journey that I was like surprised that it would also cause at the time you know I didn't have a big queer circle of queer friends so I was just I didn't understand the concept again of being somebody that presents feminine, presents as feminine and is attracted to women like I just didn't, I had never seen that person in real life or in the media and so I didn't understand how that could possibly exist it was really helpful when she came out because I don't know if I would have come out as soon as I did if she hadn't done so first
0: mm. Awesome. So when did the two of you come out, respectively?
2: Do you want dates or, no, like, just like, life years? Yeah, just... We both came out in college, like, around our junior year in college. Yeah. That fall, she had come out, and then I came out in the spring. To my sorority.
1: <laughs> no way.
2: Yes. Surprise, I remember I came sisters. out to Matt, and he thought I was joking.
1: I did. Yeah. I still feel bad about that.
2: No, don't feel bad. <laughs> I mean, I think he just thought I was, like... Well, you yeah, did it same. so
1: casually. It was just like out of I? no. Yeah, it was like literally, I think we were walking down the, on a sidewalk and just out of nowhere, you're just like, yeah, I'm queer. I was like, great, me too. Ha, uh, huh. uh, what? Oh, yeah, I think that's how it
2: went. Something like that. But, you know, I think sometimes with like my other, my queer friends at the time, I would just kind of like came out so casually because I was like, oh, it's not as big of a deal.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, know. it totally wasn't. It was just unexpected. Yeah, exactly. just like, uh, okay, what? That's how ha- I will say that has happened to me a couple of times where people just like super casually out of nowhere, just like come out to me. Same. And like, I'm always just like, uh, I, I, I think it's so casual that I'm like, oh, you're fucking with me. Like, like this is like a really important moment or at least it like was for me every time I came out or whatever. And so I'm just like, what, uh, oh. Oh, okay, sure, cool. All right. I think we're just
0: kind of moving into a a phase now. And I mean, I hate to reference like the cliches of love, Simon, but like, I think we're kind of entering (laughs) into an age where we're like, oh, like maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be a big song and dance. Cause I feel like I, I have also encountered a lot of people, like one of my friends literally last week, like was like, oh yeah, like I'm going to visit this girl and that's how she like came out to me and I was just like don't make it a big deal don't make it a big deal don't make it a big deal but I I wanted to be like tell me everything like I need to know but I was just like like, I'm like she needs to do it on her own accord like I was like I was just like honored that she like told me that's cool Yeah, I
2: think a lot of the time people feel like they have to do a lot to come out because I think maybe it has to do with our age group as well Mm, because
0: because of the coming out videos on YouTube.
2: <laughs> did you do that?
0: Um, not really. I've never really made a traditional one, but I like watched all of those. Like, you I should remember,
2: make one as a joke and be like, like literally just nowhere in the video reference the fact that it's a joke. Just be like, hey guys, I have something to tell you. Oh my god! Well, you I'm did gay. make a.
1: You did make like a, a I'm, dressing. I like, made a video when I was abroad. The elephant in the
0: room. Talking about my thoughts on the notion of coming out, but I never... Oh, you're right I was very here. careful in the video to never say, like, I'm gay, because I... I don't, like... I, I've been actually, like, debating making a video talking about this, but I, I just mm. never thought that it was anybody's business online, whether... I was, like, I don't think that it matters. It shouldn't... I should never have to, like, come out, because, like, when I was younger, I was like, oh, none of these people are ever gonna, like, know me personally, so, like, why would right. it affect them if I like men or like women? I don't think it should matter. So, even when I was... 20 and I made that video I was still kind of in the mindset of like it shouldn't necessarily matter yeah I shouldn't need to say it I don't want necessarily have the association of like people thinking of me and then just thinking of like a coming out video but now as I've gotten older I've been like who cares (laughs) like
2: I am gay
0: (laughs) like
2: (laughs) I am gay I don't know actually Ingrid Nilsson on YouTube her video like that summer I think yeah was the summer before I came out. And she was the first femme lesbian that I ever
0: I was saw in shocked. mainstream culture.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I was no too. Because I was following her and I was like, oh, I have to come out now. <laughs> Not because of her, just because like it, seeing somebody do that successfully is very motivating or it's I don't know accurate. I kind of like when I first came out to myself I was like okay I know I'm gay but nobody else has to know mm. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was gonna work but hey,
0: we I all think it's the it steps yeah way. it's absolutely the phases
1: <laughs> working through it
2: yeah so do you guys have any gay siblings
1: not that I know of well yeah actually not that I know I think my
0: sister's pretty damn straight but we'll see
1: yeah I think My older sister is married to a man, and I I don't think she's any sort of queer. Um, I don't believe my younger sister is either. Well, you never know. uh, You never know. I mean, she only ever talks about boys, but the possibility never goes away. But that would take all the queer attention away from me, so I would never want that. (laughs) Jesus
2: Christ. Hey, I like enjoy having um, a queer twin because I think we can relate to one another a lot better. Yeah. But Do you
0: feel like you got closer once you both came out? I mean, or were you always close?
2: Yes. I mean, I think we did in terms of, like, talking about dating and relationships because we never really talked about it that much in an in-depth way before then. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of, like, the beginning of talking about things or people that we were really actually interested in, you know? So, I mean, we did go to two different universities, and we didn't really overlap cities until like last year so i think a big part of it was that our circles were different and we were never you know around the same person like competing for their attention ever
0: yeah
2: um i do think that we have like maybe slightly different people types of people that we go for but i i don't know because again like i see why all of the people that she has had relationships with or even hookups with as like i see why they're attractive so i think people joke that i have a very strong type which is probably true
1: it seems like a very strange way to to look at somebody that you potentially would be attracted to because it's like it's one thing if like you're like Best friend has hooked up with somebody, yeah, and you like how you like yeah like hook up with them for that reason. But then it's like, oh, my sister. Yeah, has it's like up stronger than the friend code. It's the sibling yeah. code. <laughs> it's
2: like yeah. what? I don't know. There's that there's a world in which we would ever date or hook up with somebody that the other person had dated or hooked up with. It just doesn't seem. That seems like it would be upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> Like on so many levels,
0: I don't get the vibe that that's something that you, as a person, would do. Like I feel like that you would be like, yeah, I'm, mm. I'm just gonna steer clear of no. that. And I would imagine yeah. that she would probably be similar, just based off of
2: the only how world I know you. in which I could see this happening is if it was like 20 years in the future or something like that. You know, yeah. and like one person was like married and the other person randomly had an old friend. I don't know this probably won't happen but that's doesn't even seem likely flash
0: forward 20 years from now (laughs) we're both invited to a wedding this podcast plays
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if that does happen you're gonna need to
0: that'll be crazy another random tangential question is have you found that as you've entered this like queer female world it's very small and interconnected especially as you go back and forth from like the east coast to the west coast
2: um I'd say that there are about seven people in the circle total in all cities
0: (laughs) that went over my head like I don't
2: understand. Um, (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I feel like it's a very small world and it gets smaller. But, I mean, there are a lot of people that, like, continue to come out, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of my friends have come out as, you know, more sexually fluid or gender fluid than, you know, they were at the beginning of our friendship. So... I think as that circle widens, the queer community widens, but it's still pretty Mm. small. Do you guys feel that way about gay men?
0: I feel like it's so fucking small. But I mean, I think that it's also, this was kind of what I realized when I studied abroad. I was always amazed when I would meet someone abroad and I'd be like, oh my God, like, how do we find a common connect? Like, how can I find a common connection with anybody that I meet abroad? But it's because of these like institutions that kind of like everybody who's studying abroad is like going to a certain like level of university. Yeah, that makes sense. There are like these institutions that are in place within our country, I feel like that kind of makes it smaller in a way as I was abroad, I was like, well, only a certain demographic can even afford to go to Europe. And only a certain demographic like goes to these universities that has these types of programs. So of course it's going to be smaller and interconnected because Mm -hmm. there's only so many people that can even enter this. That's true.
2: And there is like a privilege in coming out too, because Mm -hmm. if you live in an area where it's unsafe for you to come out, you know, you're less likely to be in one of the cities that we're in, obviously like Los Angeles, New York, and then Another factor would be, you know, going to school and seeing other people that maybe like are like you and feeling like you can change your identity for that. So there's definitely a privilege in coming out, too. So maybe that's maybe that's the common denominator. I don't know.
0: We were all very fortunate in the fact that we were able to come out and then kind of like leave our small towns and go to bigger cities. Yeah. So that probably also comes into play. Because I know that if I were just, like, still living in Cooperstown, New York, there would be a lot less of an overlap.
2: Yeah, it's funny how, like, even in my town, which considers itself pretty liberal, I'm from, like, a small town in New Jersey. And it's funny how even after I came out, my mom would be approached by other women and parents from our respective high schools, my and my sister's high schools, asking my mom about our relationships and
1: are you serious really yeah that's like some tv show shit yeah it's very desperate housewives
2: it is very desperate housewives which is funny because my mom is like the opposite of desperate housewives vibe but there are some women from because i i went to high school in princeton and i'll tell you a lot of the moms there nosy nosy i don't know uppity what's the right word like judgy yeah super judgy yeah i think that's why you know my high school was supposedly so progressive and open it wasn't but (laughs) (laughs) and then it's like well how many people are out in the school none zero we just don't have gay people here
0: (laughs) they don't exist in princeton new jersey
2: no they're just not here no. They're somewhere else.
1: That's how the country Jordan is, apparently. It's apparently the, like, the government or, like, the...
2: There's the just, like, the there's king. no gay
1: people here. They, they literally, like, we don't need to have laws that ban gay people because there just are no gay people in Jordan. Well, it's like if you don't have tests for COVID, <laughs> then the COVID numbers can't go up. Oh, my <laughs> exactly. God. Uh, that we love reasoning. Me <laughs> so, Meg, you mentioned this before, and I think it's really interesting And in fact, I think it's so interesting that we made it our main topic for the day of um, sexual fluidity and the idea that these specific boxes and labels that have been created don't necessarily paint the whole picture of queer identities. And I guess we kind of talk about that in our first episode where we defined what what queer meant to us. But what are your initial thoughts on that? that idea
2: on the fact that sexuality is fluid yeah you know it's interesting because i feel like in some ways i can speak on that in my own personal experience and that's in other all ways want. oh that's all you want okay well i mean, I mean you can we,
0: also theorize
1: yeah absolutely but bestow want your knowledge on us your experience yeah
2: well it's interesting because so i think how I would explain my sexuality is that I'm attracted to masculinity, but I'm not really attracted to men or cis men to be more accurate. Mm. Um, And I think for a long time, that's what confused me about my sexuality is that I would have feelings of vague attraction to cis men in movies or TV or wherever. But then when it came time to like, kiss a man or I'll say a boy because <laughs> never did I ever kiss a man I was <laughs> 16 never have I ever, <laughs> I a have I ever. <laughs> kiss a man all were boys I still
1: have all my fingers up
2: uh. <laughs> I would be confused like why am I not enjoying this why is this why don't I like this um and then I think it took coming out for me to realize oh okay I think I'm attracted to people who are more masculine than me, but not necessarily cis men. (laughs) And there's a big spectrum when it comes to those types of people. So, you know, as much as my friends joke that I have like a type, which is probably true, I think I am attracted to like a range of different people. And that's how I kind of explain sexuality to people who are like, you know, I'm only straight. And I'd be like, but you're attracted to some, like I'm saying women you're attracted to some men with with like f- more feminine characteristics and some men with more masculine characteristics don't you, like i think there's a spectrum there too yeah like within your attraction
0: i feel like people say simil- something similar to me like especially like jack Benoit will always joke about how i have such a heavy type and it's like and it's, a, and it's like it's true yeah. like I do find that one it's type really of person true. attractive <laughs> like I find I do find that group attractive but like I think that I also find other groups attractive like it's not a soul type it's like right. yes that is like a common theme that shows up a lot and I do I do appreciate that, that yeah that type of look but it's also like not the only thing that I am like oh yeah that's hot
2: and i think i mean i think they're also the reason i usually say queer femme and not like a lesbian is because first of all that term was like so stigmatized for me and probably a lot of queer women in their childhoods so some yeah sometimes i use it and like I know that it makes people uncomfortable. So sometimes I use it on purpose to make people uncomfortable or in spaces where I want to. Like if you're to. in Princeton, New Jersey. Yeah. Where I'm like, I'm a I'm lesbian. A lesbian yeah, dyke.
0: Yeah. No,
2: no, that's exactly it. That's, <sighs> that's exactly right. I think. Also,
0: I don't, I, is that an offensive word? I've heard mixed things about the, the um, term.
2: I, I'm not offended by it if it's like okay. being used in that way, because in a I would say manner. like, I'm a lesbian dyke, but like it also kind of connotates like the way somebody presents Mm. and sometimes people have reclaimed the term and said, I am a dyke. Like that's how I identify. That's literally the word that you would use to identify their sexuality and gender expression. Whereas for me, it's more of just something I would say.
0: To get a rise.
2: To get a rise or, you know, so I I wouldn't want to like joke about it too much, but I also think that like, I can use that word about myself if I want. Mm. Um, just how I would kind of like be pretty uncomfortable using the word faggot. Like yeah, I don't yeah. think I would say that to anyone ever. <laughs> yeah. Just because it's just not something for me.
0: I to understand. Reclaim. That. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas I think you use. guys might feel differently about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't. Yeah. Some don't, people use I don't love like, it. I use don't it. hate it. Yeah. yeah. I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. Actually, it definitely still makes me feel uncomfortable to use it but in certain circumstances Mm -hmm. with certain people and it's pretty much always when i'm with like my gay male friends yeah is when i like feel most comfortable using it it just like kind of feels safe but yes exactly but like my boyfriend for example like he, he really doesn't like it so like I'll never say it around him I think it's one of those things where it's like it's in the process of being reclaimed still so like you gotta yeah. know your yeah. audience and I think know it's your one audience. Th- definitely yeah. read think, the room yeah and I think it's one thing to like use it to get a rise and another thing to like force other gay or queer men to accept it yeah.
2: Yes, I totally understand that because I know there are some women that I've either dated or people I've dated or people I've been with that would use the term dyke as just like, I'm a dyke and like feel very comfortable saying that. And then there are some people who like maybe they've had some slurs thrown at them in their childhood. And so that is just not that comfortable for them like and chicken. nor will it ever be. Yeah. yeah. And that's totally fine too, I think.
1: I think that's why a lot of people are averse to it is because it, like, it has such a horrible connotation. Like, you know, like, I'm. most of us have been called faggot at some point in our life. Like, I've had random strangers. Yeah, from a moving like, car. <laughs> literally, literally from a moving car. It was, like, not even two years ago it happened to me. Yeah. yeah. Again. I was like, Jesus Christ.
0: Isn't it um, so jarring when that still happens? Like, someone said it to me, like, on Hollywood Boulevard a few months ago, and I remember just being like, people are still doing this? Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's kind of crazy. People... It's usually, like, my partner, whoever I'm with, that people will say something about. Or if I'm holding hands with that person, they'll say something. But here's something cool about Philly. People in Philly are so fucking nice. This just, the vibe in Philly is, like, everybody is kind of looking out for one another, and it's so interesting like there was Community. a dude on the sidewalk and obviously this these are anecdotes from my life not an overall statistic but like
1: yeah
2: i have not been caught cat called one time in philadelphia secondly the other day there was like the person that i'm seeing right now we were holding hands and we were walking there was this man on the, like sitting on the, the side of like sitting on like a stoop or something like that and I honestly thought that he was going to catcall us because he just started, he started speaking to us. He was like, hey. And we are just, we were both kind of like, uh. Because, like, I've gotten this before many times of people saying rude things Thinking you want to wanna me, hear what
0: they have to say.
2: <laughs> thinking that I want to hear what they have to say or asking if they can, like, watch me have sex with my partner. Oh, um fucking God. And he said something really sweet. And I was like... I don't know, he was like love is in the air or something and we were like oh that's refreshing nice <laughs> 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 oh. refreshing um but again i don't know if that's an overall philly thing or if just that's my impression people are yeah. super super down to like say hello good morning here it's very like very that's different nice. from what i wow. experienced in new like, york
1: it's very southern
2: yeah which is cool
0: that's just like small town feely to me
2: yes yeah, small town like type of like type of deal vibe by, my friend is staying with us from, and he's from the Midwest, and he was like, "Yeah, that's it. Feels kind of like the Midwest in a way." Interesting.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think I would ever describe Philly as to feel like the Midwest, but there's
2: a little bit of a Midwest
1: yeah. feel. I've always identified as well. Okay, that's a lie. When I came out, I came out as bi, which I think a, a good <laughs> amount of people do, and I mean the I stepping mean, stone. So you could write a fucking thesis on like the amount of erasure that there is in that, and, like, why we even, why people even do that, but I did that, and I think for a while, I used to describe it as, like, yeah, I came out as bi at first, but, like, I'm gay. It was just, like, you know, still feeling comfortable, trying to be, like, yeah, I'm, like, queer, but I'm, I'm still one of the guys, you know, whatever, like, I'm still, I'm not that different. Um, I think part of it, too, is, like, when you first come out, at least for me, and I've seen it with some like some other people' as well, you kind of just like wanna jump into your queerness as much as possible. like you like the door opens and you just kind of wanna run. So I know for me for a number of years, I was just like, boys, 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 like I'm gay, like this is amazing. like in reality, like it's always been like it's never been a hundred percent gay, no interested women. like you know, I did hook up with girls before and after I came out, actually. Not too much after, but like a couple people. I don't think I ever really gave enough credit to like the attraction that I do feel towards women because I've never been romantically attracted to women. You know, mm-hmm. I I never had crushes on girls the way that I did on boys. I've never felt like a desire to like spend time with women in a romantic way. Mm-hmm. But there, the like physical or like the sexual attraction is, is not, like, non-existent. You know, it's... it's. There is some it's of not that. It's not not there.
2: Yeah, exactly. I understand exactly. that because sometimes my sister and I will be, like, watching a movie or watching the watermelon sugar video, and we're like, <laughs> Yes, are we <laughs> attracted to men? Are we attracted to men now? Uh Maybe this is what I was saying earlier. I'm not too sure, but I think a lot of times queer femme women are pressured to be as queer as possible so Mm -hmm. for example like my sister was told once when she was out by even like a friend that like oh what are you wearing like I think she's wearing heeled boots or something like that and it's just kind of like the pressure and I think it's among people who are younger and I'm definitely not totally like I'm I've probably engaged in some of this behavior before but like saying oh you're not queer enough because you're not doing xyz thing Mm. or like Mm. that's by erasure a lot of the time is saying like you know if you're attracted to one guy (laughs) then you can't possibly be queer like no way you slept with that guy and you enjoyed it like (laughs) you can't be queer yeah i think there was like a lot of pressure when i first came out just like Matt's saying to Mm. kind of like blend in to culture and i mean in the very very beginning it was just because i was like excited to explore my new identity or like newly uncovered identity but i think as time went on i did go through a little bit of a phase where i felt like i wasn't queer enough and especially as like femme women there is that power dynamic in relationships a lot of the time between a more masculine person and a more feminine person where you feel like you constantly have to prove your queerness Mm. to other people and to yourself like i think a lot of times if i'm with a partner who is more masculine than me that partner will be perceived as more queer than i am when that makes no sense mm. we're both equally queer right yeah. like totally there is no more queer or less queer yeah but there the, is the just gender presentation
0: just makes of, it appear mm-hmm. to the, like the outside parties that it's unequal. Exactly. That's, right. Yeah, that's really interesting.
2: And a lot of times, people will, will think, you know, I'm just waiting for the right man, which guys prove me wrong. Just kidding. Don't prove me wrong. I really enjoy being gay. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said it yourself.
1: Just because if you happen to sleep sleep with a guy doesn't mean you're not queer.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I'm still waiting to sleep with a guy in that I in, and have a good time and enjoy it. But
0: if Harry Styles knocked on your door right now, what would you do?
2: I would say, let's try it out. (laughs)
1: I'll try anything twice. (laughs) I'm surprised we never had this conversation, but I would have totally slept with you in college. I probably would have, too. I don't know if I would have. Guys,
2: we should have done it.
1: Dang it. I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that about if a queer woman sleeps with a man, then people are going to be like, oh, you can't possibly be queer if you did that, when it's like the opposite for guys. For a gay man. yeah, and it, really? I've seen this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like if a if a if a guy sleeps with one guy, then it's like, well, you can't possibly be straight. And then like if a but if a gay guy like slept with a woman, they'd be like, whatever. You're not like, it's straight. Just it was off. a fluke. Yeah. Yeah,
2: but I also want to be clear that because I'm femme presenting, it does make a difference. Like I think that because our society is a patriarchy and women are controlled mm. or like just societally controlled. The tendency is to say, okay, women must be owned and possessed by a man. So, if this person is feminine and they're interested in men, like this person should be, therefore they are straight. And like just to just to like get back to the status quo of feminine women being owned as personal a man's personal property. So, yeah. I think it it's kind of that tendency whereas if a woman is more masculine and sleeps with a man once, it's like, well, you're probably still gay because you look gay.
1: Because <laughs> you look gay. Yeah. You yeah. know? I totally feel that. I think that's yeah. part of the same reason, like I said before, like, you know, if a straight guy slept with a guy once, they'd be like, well, he's gay. It's. I think it, it boils down to exactly what you just said, that, like, patriarchy thing where it's like, if the man is not being centered then it like throws everything off
2: right Mm -hmm. and it's like
1: this is like we can't have it this way and it all it always is revolving around like the straight man yeah
2: oh yeah absolutely it's like how can that be i don't understand
1: it's like you're not actually the center of the world honey
2: i remember i was sitting on a bench in new york in brooklyn last summer and this dude approached me and i was by myself at this bus stop and this dude approached me and he was like asked me some weird questions and then he asked my number and he just waited he didn't even wait he he got his phone right out and he said are you single and I said yeah and he was like oh good perfect and starts getting on his phone and I was like well actually I'm gay like first of all even if I was straight no (laughs) but very (laughs)
0: assumptive
2: but he his response was oh no I'm I'm sorry that's like such a loss for you and I was like ew i kind of i I was like i kind of like my life though i don't know that's
0: so repulsive
2: that was my response i was like i don't know dude i kind of like enjoy my life and it kind of like threw him for a loop he's like you think i want i hate myself just because i'm queer like
1: (sighs) oh what a garbage person
2: he walked away (laughs) he pretended like he was waiting for the bus too but then i rejected him and he had to Oh my god. Get to get out of there. We love
1: that. I'm glad he walked away and didn't like keep harassing you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. My friend was telling me, well, she, yeah, she put it on her story that she was like hiking Runyon the other day or she was doing a hike somewhere and a man literally like took her phone from her and called himself from her phone so that he like had her number and she was like, he will, he would not leave me alone. She was like, men are fucking pigs. Oh my God. Jesus Christ.
2: Wow. Like ew. that's
0: so terrifying. That's like call the police. Yeah. Or excuse me.
2: Guys, don't call the police anymore.
0: (laughs) I was gonna say, call the appropriate community sanctioned number.
2: (laughs) Ugh, I wish there was one.
0: I still keep saying like I'm gonna call the police and then I always check myself and I'm like, oh god damn it. I loved like saying that. Yeah. You know, just like going going for help. (laughs) Like
2: cry for help. Cry. He's not my mommy. He's not my daddy.
1: (laughs) Have you seen that thing that's like We need to phase out the term sugar daddy to make it more gender neutral. Call them your glucose guardian. (laughs) (laughs) Glucose
2: guardian. I want a Uh, glucose guardian.
1: I know. Aaron, if you had to put like a percentage on it, what would you say your percentage attraction to? uh... (laughs) Oh, I did. I did want to jump
0: back really quickly because I thought it was interesting that you were saying that like you kind of went to buy as like the default. and. When I originally came out, I came out as bi too, but I don't think it's because I was, I mean, I think partially it was me being like, oh, it's easier to like ease into being gay, I guess. But then also on the other hand, I was like, but I do, I did feel like attraction to girls when I was younger and I did have crushes on girls and I... I, I I like only had crushes on girls when I was in like elementary school and middle school. but I also did have a
1: girlfriend in high school. I had a girlfriend well I had but I wish I
2: had a girlfriend so cool. in high school. I wasn't who my last
1: girlfriend was. Yeah. It was me guys. wasn't she isn't she dating Brooklyn Beckham now? No, that was my seventh grade girlfriend, who also was... (laughs) Your
2: seventh grade girlfriend?
1: One of the, like, five girlfriends I had in seventh grade. She also was Katara in the live action. (gasps) Wow. Wow. And everyone rips on her for it, so I dodged a bullet there, I guess. But Lindsay was the last girl I had, like, a thing with. I would date Lindsay Mm -hmm. right now.
2: Guys, did you ever, when you were first kind of coming to terms with your sexuality i know that i did this i would go on like online quizzes of like the kinsey scale yes and i would be like yeah. trying the to am i get, gay
0: <laughs> buzzfeed quiz yes,
2: yes and i would try and get like the zero attraction <laughs> so and i like was i got like a zero i, I never yes I did it <laughs> i i was i was like try and get like a zero and then when i was gay I came out as gay when I, I was, was gay. <laughs> when I was gay. When I came, actually, I came out as bi too, guys. But I think that it's because of what I was talking about earlier in terms of like,
1: Figuring I'm attracted to
2: masculinity, but I'm not attracted mm-hmm. to cis men, as far as I know. Yet again, Harry Styles, please call me. Uh, my number is five five
1: five.
2: I used to do those quizzes all the time, and I think it's funny because at first, it kind of was my introduction to sexuality being a spectrum. But now I think, I mean, six numbers is not quite enough, too. No. I,
0: I, think it, I think it should be out of, like, a percentage of 100.
2: 100. Like okay, what least... would you be out of a percentage of 100, Aaron?
1: I, it needs to be, like, a 3D axis <laughs> thing, to be honest. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like, when I started asking before, I was like, what percentage, like, gay versus straight are you? I'm like, well, we're making so many assumptions, on that, and that makes what it very mean. like linear, so. What would the other binary? Be? I mean, no, I, I know what you're like, saying. It's like, it's like there's not just like a sliding scale. It's like okay, well, between gay and straight, yeah. maybe. But we love to knows. think about things like, in black and white. <laughs> I know, but we then love like, to make them simple. <laughs> but I think about, you're like, right. Gender expression that you're attracted yeah. to, like Meg, you've talked about a lot. There's like so many factors that, like, I mean, I, this is like some as of the well first time I'm as really like thinking
2: gender identity as well as gender presentation and mm. that that person's sexuality like all of those three things play into it so i think you're right it should be like three intersecting lines at the least but if you had to go from zero to a hundred what would it be <laughs>
0: yeah, literally just just say when just say when mm-hmm. whoa <laughs> this big crazy uh-huh. um i feel like there also needs to be like a personality type of aspect in that because I feel like that's always was a huge underlying factor for me too with attraction both with men and with women and with everyone in between Um, it was more about how like someone carried themselves especially like once I was in college and like trying to figure out what my type was quote unquote I've always said that I feel like I'm more attracted to like a personality type than a physical trait so maybe Uh, that's fair what I'm covering here is that it's like it's kind of like you Meg
1: and it was I don't even know Maybe you're more pansexual than you realize. Do you want to explain what pansexual is for any of our listeners who don't necessarily know?
2: When you're attracted to somebody regardless of gender. I won't say anybody because you're not just attracted to everybody randomly. It's more that gender isn't really a factor.
0: Yeah,
2: Um, And I think for me, gender expression does matter. I don't know if gender identity matters, but gender expression matters. And again, I'm not really attracted to cis men, but...
1: (laughs) they suck like i don't i don't blame you
2: no you guys are great i wish i was attracted to you. that would be easy right we could all just date well we- <laughs> the long <laughs> pause you guys are like oh no uh,
0: i always <laughs> find myself being like oh, i wish that i was like more in, it, like attracted to women because like gay men suck so i think it's funny to hear you say that like honestly oh, <laughs> guys were just like we were just into each other. That would be so much easier. The grass is always greener. Yeah, the that
2: grass is, is always greener.
0: I think that is like also an interesting discussion because it's something that I saw on Twitter a lot a while ago. A conversation of like, oh, like if I could be straight, like I would, but I I don't Fuck think no. I don't think any of us actually would want to like
2: Boo! I wouldn't. I mean, it's a privilege to say that because it means that I'm in a pretty safe place in my life where I can openly be queer. But absolutely not! I wouldn't want to be straight. Boo! <laughs> Boo! You whore! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, I wouldn't you're want to totally be right,
1: Meg. I didn't even. I didn't even think about that. The like, the privilege to be able to say that is super real. <laughs> I like seeing those pictures before. Where it's like, would you take the pill to make you straight? And for uh, there was a time in my life where I would have just because I was like. It would yeah, like life would sure. be so much easier. Yeah. And we got elementary I, school. I mean L. even elementary in like, school. Even in high school, even for like a bit after I came out, I was like, I wouldn't have to like think about things like this all the time. Or like yeah. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be alone right yeah. now, you know. I but now, yeah. like never in a million years would I ever take that pill.
0: But I also wonder if we were, you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen today. If we would feel similarly, because I feel like not only has, of course, the conversation changed a little bit. And I think that, like, of course, being queer is a little bit, a little bit more normally or a little bit more um, accepted in society. But I feel like, I mean, I think that's part of the reason that I was so into, like, the Internet when I was younger, because of that sense of community Mm -hmm. that I was able to find that I couldn't necessarily find in my tiny hometown where I felt like I was alone. So I'm curious how that would change nowadays, because, I mean, there's just like countless apps and like even Meg you were talking about the gay TikToks that you watched earlier and it's like how would that have affected me as a 12 year old trying to figure out what the fuck I was when all again
2: I think it would have affected me massively because I don't think it's a coincidence that both my sister and I came out after the summer that we were obsessed with Orange is the New Black like
0: yes I think
2: that (laughs) just having queer women characters on screen was like Oh, okay. So there's all these different types of queer. I mean, say what you will about Orange is New Black. I have some issues with it, but at the time, I think it was really helpful for me to see that, like, okay, it's not just one type of person.
1: Yeah.
2: It's not just like, it's oh, not just I mean, beau. it's not just well. Just actually, <laughs> growing yeah. up, I, it was more like, oh, I'm not Ellen DeGeneres, so I guess I can't yeah. be gay. Uh, yeah.
0: I think that that's an interesting topic too that i i want to get into in like a, i'll get a completely different episode of course shows like orange is the new black and like love simon and all of these these shows that are coming out that are centered around queer individuals like they have their problems but i don't think that we should discount them per se because it's like they are still so important to have even though they're flawed but it's like no media mm-hmm. is ever going to be perfect i feel like they're so heavily criticized and we, it's i don't want us to necessarily only look at the bad because they are also doing a lot of bad for society. Yeah, that's true. I
2: mean, I I criticize Orange is a New Black more for the discussion of, like, prison populations and, like, the use Uh, of a prison narrative as entertainment for people. It felt at times like we weren't looking at the issues in the way that it is, you know, mm because that's people's lives. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes it's people's lives because of racism yeah. <laughs> or you know even even homophobia like that be, yeah. might be the reason why somebody's in jail so i don't know i th- i think there's pros to that show in that like you know it does make you feel connected to people in prison but their characters? I don't know. That's a whole different discussion. I just have my own thoughts on it. But I did feel a lot of shame because I was, like, very attracted to a lot of the characters, and it I, it made me feel a lot of shame, I think. But that was also at the very beginning of my coming out process, so. Now I'm like, I don't care. I'm attracted to all of them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so who was your, uh, your sexual awakening?
2: My sexual awakening? Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Let me think. Because if we go really far back to, like, being a a child Mm -hmm. my sister and i were strangely obsessed with the movie quest for camelot so i think i was i I was in love with the main character of that movie which is an amazing animated warner brothers movie about the knights of the round table and Mm -hmm. kaylee is the protagonist who is going to i forget what her purpose in this movie is but she goes on a long journey and She's dressed like Peter Pan. My mom told my sister and I that we could not dress as her for Halloween because everyone would think we were Peter Pan and boys. And
0: my mom's mom's amazing.
2: My mom okay, my mom's like (laughs) super amazing, but I have held on to that one. My real sexual awakening (laughs) was Lizbeth Salander in the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo series. The Rooney Mara version specifically. My sister and I walked out of that movie and we're like, why do we feel so weird? (laughs) <laughs> okay there's also like a pr- some pretty intense violence and sexual yeah. violence in that in that movie so it's not a lighthearted movie but the main character is really attractive
0: all right so what were the gayest things that, that you folks did this week
2: yeah. <laughs> well it was the gayest thing i did this week yeah, yeah. um
0: interpret as s-
1: you will yeah the gayest i was gonna say I have sex <laughs> That's That's pretty gay. gay. The gayest thing I did this week, I've been doing this thing through this nonprofit called SAGE, which I don't remember what it stands for, but it's basically a nonprofit that looks out and helps um, LGBTQ plus elders. Um, And so at the beginning of the pandemic, they started doing, or like midway through the pandemic, they started doing this thing where people could sign up to call LGBTQ elders um, who might be, like, isolating alone or are just feeling, like, particularly lonely during this. And so I called and talked to my LGBTQ elder for a little while and talked about just lots and lots of gay-related things. Love that.
2: I love that.
1: Aaron, what's the gayest thing you did this week? I had a gals night
0: with a friend (laughs) last night who I haven't seen in, like, months, and just caught up on life and on drama and on boy drama and just unloaded it all and it felt good
2: we're gonna do that when i come back to la
0: yes please
2: but in person
0: yes please what was the gayest thing you did this week
2: um i think that it was probably just having sex with a woman
0: (gasps) clutches pearls
2: <laughs> in this pandemic, just for everyone's clarification, it's somebody that I've been seeing, so we're not social distancing.
1: You're distant together.
2: You're I'm not you're, going you've around. You've
1: been quarantining together. You've been in isolation together. I'm not going around. To say. <laughs> I'm
2: not going around town. You know.
1: Well, Meg, thank you so much for joining us and for having a really awesome conversation. Yeah, this was this was really, very enjoyable. This
2: was really fun, and yeah. I can't wait to hear the other episodes that you guys do because
0: um, I like putting,
2: I like putting podcasts on when I'm just like doing mundane tasks. So I feel like I'm hanging out with my friends.
0: We're so exciting. Sorry.
2: Sorry. Exciting.
0: Meg, where can everybody find you online or in, or if you don't don't want to be found.
2: Yeah. No, I, (laughs) you're like, (laughs) I'm hiding. (laughs) Um, you can follow me on Instagram at meg.weck. That's M-E-G dot i um, I'm not a YouTube personality like Aaron, so I don't really post content regularly, but if anybody wants to be my friend, like that's cool.
1: You can find me at Maddie Roar, M-A-T-T-Y-R-O-H-R-E-R on Instagram. I'm a Twitter lurker and retweeter, so you're not going to get many original thoughts out of me, but I'm also on Twitter, same handle. You can find me everywhere, Aaron Idelson,
0: <laughs> A-A-R-O-N-I-D-E-L-S-O-N, pretty much everywhere. So thank you all so much for listening. We will see thank you again everybody. in a week.
2: <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining Meg. Thank you so
0: much. Yeah, thank you, Meg. We we love you. We appreciate you. Love you, you guys. We adore you. Alright.
1: Bye, y'all. Bye.